<laughs> I like f- good food, and I would live in the middle of the earth if I could and be surrounded by my family. So I'm a hobbit, not a hippie. <laughs> I agree. No, you're a hippie. Yeah, I agree. You're a hobbit. Oh. another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And I guess we were accidentally lying or something the last time we said we were introducing the final Philo, because in this episode, we really are introducing the final Philo. It's true. There's no more, I promise. Exactly. <laughs> so Rachel is joining us with her husband, Bryce Philo, and they are going to be reviewing the book Hippie. And how about you guys tell us a little bit about how you landed on reading that book together? I'd originally read The Alchemist, and so I was curious what other books he had, and I started stumbled upon it, so I had Tyler get it for me, and I checked it out. It's nice to have it. connections at the library, right? Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you send them to get your books often? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just re-upped my card today. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I make him pick up my holds all the time. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> he's, he's a good mule. No. <laughs> and I read it because I wanted to do a podcast with my husband. We read books for very different reasons. I read to escape and entertain, and he reads to learn things. So mm-hmm. we don't often read very similar books. And it was a short one. I thought, oh, even if it stinks, I can get through it. So I read it. So I guess the next question would be, did you both enjoy the book? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, a good choice then. Good choice. Yep. <laughs> I really did. So tell us a little bit about the book, because I, I have never heard of Hippie. Me neither. Paolo Coelho. Uh, and I've heard of The Alchemist, maybe one or two other of, of his books, but literally never hippie. Yeah, it's kind of sort of his own personal story in a way. Mm-hmm. It's sort of his young, his adventure as a, as a, like a young adult. Yeah. And he, so he's Brazilian, which um, was not startling to me, but when I think of the hippie movement, I tend to think I tie it mentally to the Vietnam War. So I tend to think hippies only existed in countries that were involved in the Vietnam War. So I didn't really think about anyone from South America, say, being a hippie or the whole culture of it and how it affected Europe and all those things. So Mm -hmm. I was, I don't want to say shocked, but I was surprised like, oh, he's Brazilian and he's a hippie. And to me, I have always jokingly called myself a hippie because of the things that I enjoy. But after reading this book, I can categorically say I am not a hippie (laughs) and probably not for the reasons that you think but like I love like you know I'm a tree hugger and I love the earth and all that sort of stuff but hippies were driven by sort of a different thing than the way that I think of it so I would say I'm more of a hobbit Hobbit. (laughs) I like good food and I would live in the middle of the earth if I could and be surrounded by my family so I'm a hobbit not a hippie I agree no you're a hippie yeah I agree you're a hobbit oh oh, good (laughs) Okay, so how about you define hippie for us in the book's context then? The book's context. I'd say it's kind of like free spirit, sort of free thinker, adventurous, uh, down to earth. So he uh, he starts out, they're traveling around South America. Strangely, he ends up, he's traveling with somebody from... Czechoslovakia. Yeah, it was one of the Eastern Bloc countries during okay. the Cold War. So they suspected that they were, some government officials thought they were actually trying to start up a revolution because of the girl he was traveling with. So they actually were captured. They were arrested. Arrested. Yeah. Separated. Kind of solitary type situation. He didn't know what was going on. Kind of the dark, scary CIA room type thing. And eventually they let him out. They realized he wasn't a threat to anything. But they held them for several days 
for no reason and questioned them and not that they tortured him or there was no waterboarding or anything, but it just, it left such a impact for him mentally. Like it kind of broke him a little bit. Like how dare this happen to me? What gives you the right to do something like that? And for her, she was just like, this happens all day, every day. This, what are you getting so upset about? This is how the world works. And he was just like, no, this is wrong. Like he's very black and white thinker. Mm -hmm. That is wrong. And you cannot do that. So it was interesting how they experienced that differently. Yeah. So at some point he travels to Europe and he's ends up in Holland, right? He's going to Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yep. Seems oh. like a great place for hippies. Right. right. Especially yeah. in the early 70s. I mean, yeah. think about it. Yeah. I kind of learned a lot about that. So yeah. <laughs> that was kind of a focal point. And I, I sort of knew about the magic bus concept, but I didn't know much about it. So at some point he meets this girl that's from Holland. She's definitely uh, sort of a hippie, I guess. And they she talks him into getting on the bus. And so they start traveling to, I guess it originally would go all the way to Kathmandu. Mm-hmm. Kathmandu? No, yeah, it goes yeah. to Kathmandu. Mm-hmm. So they would, during the hippie era, they'd, drive, they'd catch this bus line. And it was, if you can imagine what a magic bus looks like, it's you know, <laughs> painted all hippie-like. And Was it a Volkswagen? Yeah, right. like a big crazy bus. And so all these people like that, they would pay very little and they'd hop this bus and they would travel, drive yeah, all the way. It was India. Thousands of miles, or, yeah. yeah. They ended up in India. Yeah. Nepal or Tibet or whatever. Something, yeah. So that was part of his his trip. I know he at least made it all the way to He made it all the way. Constantinople. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That is a long bus ride. That's a I'm long bus ride. they all, like, stay together on the bus, too. <clears throat> yeah. They sorry. slept outside. Like, they would stop at night, and they would just, they'd have, like, blankets and stuff, and they would just go out into a field. Sometimes they would stop in um, towns, but not many of them had much money, right? Because yeah. they were hippies. They were just sort of floating through life at that point. And so sometimes they'd stay in hotels. A lot of times people would host them and feed them. And so it was just sort of this whole experience in the hippie culture. Like, if you wanted to experience this thing, you get on this bus and you just take it was more about the journey than the destination Mm -hmm. and learn about all the things you can along the way and they they weren't always welcome everywhere if if you can kind of imagine that they a lot of areas they couldn't really stay in sometimes they were able to stay in little hotels and things Mm -hmm. i remember but a lot of times like the police would run them off because that too they had sort of a negative viewpoint of hippies i mean you see that sort of even when you look back at the historical newscast there was a lot of people who you know worthless stupid hippie get out of here you're dirty and you stink the fear of trafficking drugs yeah so there was there was some different stories involved in that too some people he met and things very interesting and i would add to the definition of hippie that bryce put forward to me what i learned from the book the true focal point of a hippie is this quest for knowledge like that is what drove everything for them the way that I saw it from the book. They just needed to know stuff, right? And so it was a break from sort of the social norms of you get married and you have kids and you work at this nine to five job. And they were like, no, because there's so much to the world that you can experience. And I want to know what that is. And so they sort of wanted that freedom, right? Well, they were also very different people too. So it's kind of an eclectic group. You know, there are similarities and Lots of differences between the people. Absolutely. But generally, yeah, they were kind of adventurous. and That's one thing that I learned because even with the girl that he connects with, the the girl in Amsterdam, you sort of have this idea that hippies are just, you know, drugs and love and sex, free sex and all that. And she was very like, no, 
I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. And this is what I believe and this is what I'm going to do. So she was very clear on who she was as a person. And I think a lot of hippies probably were that way. And we just sort of gloss over and stereotype. No, they were all high and Woodstock. in the field, right? Because <laughs> yeah. that's what we saw. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't live through it. And that's what we see in the news accounts. So that's sort of the way we stereotype them. Yeah, that's it was good to also kind of know it's see it more as a world thing than just like an American thing, I guess, mm-hmm. in my mind. Me Were too. That was weird. Any of the stops that they made on this journey that um, you almost wish you could teleport to and experience firsthand? There was some when they were going through, you know... Um, like Europe, they were going through like the Alps and stuff and they would stop just on the side of the road and there would be mountains and waterfalls and these beautiful fields. And I was like, oh, I want to be there. Yeah. Some of those descriptions sound pretty cool. Yeah. But then they got into like Constantinople and I was like, sand and hot. I don't want to be there. That's the one that crossed my mind first when you said that. <laughs> and this so, is why we're married. <laughs> yeah. Constantinople, I thought was pretty interesting because he, he had a kind of fascination with the whirling dervishers. Mm-hmm. So I'm... Um, that's good you guys know that. Most people, when <laughs> they I are mention those, don't know what that is. Yes. So I've always kind of had a curiosity with that. And he tries to seek them out when he gets to Constantinople. Or it's in Istanbul, I I'm think, saying, yeah. old school. So, yeah, he, he looks for them because they're um, – it's basically a branch of Sufi Islam, which is mystical branch. So it, he's – Part of the story is him seeking out the... Um, like he goes and finds a temple and he's trying to find a teacher. Well, they they are underground because it's not really accepted yes. by the government and stuff. So it takes him a while and he finally finds where they were and then eventually kind of finds a teacher who starts kind of telling him some weird insights. And he, at some point he has to, to choose whether or not he wants to stick with that or go on with the journey. Yeah, because that's not the end of the magic bus. It keeps going on to Nepal. So he's got to kind of de- the bus is yeah. leaving. So he's got to kind of decide: Am I going to go hop with the off bus any time, or they'll leave you? Yes, some points too. <laughs> yes, they will leave you. Yeah. And it's iffy whether they'll come back through or not because they have permits to travel through each of the different countries. Mm-hmm. And obviously, those can be revoked or changed at any time. Yeah. So and they try to avoid war zones and things. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a you know they had to constantly adjust their route. Think about that. Just think about getting on a bus with like 50 bucks and like, I'm going to go a few thousand miles. Maybe I'll make it there. Maybe. Just I, it blows my mind. I would never do that in a million years. Thinking ever. of the logistics side right? is very funny to me because yes. I'm just imagining the one person who's like, OK, so I called ahead to the government in the next country and then they revoked that it. Would be it me. So we're going to have to go around. Right. Like <laughs> and it's not even that. They literally get to the border and they're just like, nope. Okay, well, let's uh, go a different route. They pull out their giant right. map and they're like, well, yeah. where do you want to go now? The, the driver guy, wasn't he? There was like a driver and sort of a manager guy that was on the bus. Yeah. And they were having to like check the newspapers and things because you couldn't really. Right? It's not know, like you had the internet or anything. Yeah, no internet yeah. back then. So yeah, It blows my mind. I'm like, how did people do it? But they did. And it was this whole journey. So I don't I know. Imagine like breaking down. <laughs> Popping tires and things, too. In the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Your 20 or 30 people have to file off. Right. Right. And you said this covers, like, his his young adulthood. Um, About up to when does it stop? Uh, It only covers about a year of his life. Yeah. A year, a year and a half. A lot happened. Yeah. It's a pretty short book. And I Mm want to say it was 1971 or 72 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he was in his early 20s, I think. I'm not sure it even captured a full year. Yeah. 
It yeah. seemed like a kind of just a quick story. Really of... makes you feel boring, huh? Right? When you're like, I know. it's only about nine months of his right. life. <laughs> and you think back, what did I do in the last nine months? Well, I'm like, well, I went yeah. on one road trip. Right. <laughs> and it wasn't one that was nearly as long as that. Uh-uh. <laughs> and it, his whole goal, too, was just to get to Amsterdam. Like, mm-hmm. he got there and then... He had no plan. Talked him into doing the whole yeah. magic bus thing. Like she was sitting in the the um, what do they call it? Like where the fountain is, and there's like a town square kind of thing. She was sitting there, and he walked up, and she was like, "Hey, he doesn't look like a serial killer. I should ask him if he wants to take yeah. this trip with she me." She was nervous about going alone, yeah. so she wanted mm-hmm. kind of a guy to go along with to kind of. She thought it would be easier, you know, as far as security and. Yep. That's fair. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> she was planning ahead. And but then and they just started talking and they hit it off. And so then they were like, yeah, he, she said, I want to do this thing. And he's like, I don't know about that. I wasn't planning on that. And then he thought about it. And he's like, why not? <laughs> I was like, OK, yeah. Do you get to know any of the other passengers? Not it, well. I don't even remember any of their names. It talks a little bit about them. There yeah. was. Yeah, because there was almost sort of a I remember there was another couple. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the guy was interested in her mm-hmm. and the other girl was kind of interested in him. So it was sort of developing like a, I guess that'd be a love square. <laughs> a love square? <laughs> yeah, a love square. I love trapezoid. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you so just made was, that up. <laughs> so it, it talked, it, remember yeah. there was also mm-hmm. like a, a man and his daughter? Daughter, yeah. There was, was like a family, it was like an older, older guy. guy. I think he was a professor or something and, and yeah. she no, wanted to. he had been a professional, like a CEO type guy. Yeah. Oh, Wow. And, and she had, wanted to do this, so she talked yeah, him into it. his daughter it. was kind of more free-minded, but he had something tragic happen. Yeah, like the mom the died, or died or something. Yeah, I can't remember. So he said, let's do this. Yep. I want to be alive again. So people took the trip for all different reasons. And um, he's got a really great, I think, storytelling way that he writes that was really interesting. Like, you know how sometimes when people recount things that happen in their life, they're very chronological, but he Mm kind of bounces back and forth and then he'll go back and tell this story and then go forward and bring you back to where you're at. So I never felt bored or like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? I, it was pretty quick. I read it in just a few hours. It was a pretty quick read. Are you going to check out any more of his books after this? He already checked out. Uh, Actually (laughs) right here. You are literally checking out his books. I'm literally holding, uh, (laughs) Manuscript found in Accra and The Witch of Portobello. <laughs> I will not be reading anymore. <laughs> That's well, fair. She never read The Alchemist. Either. I have my own stack. <laughs> do you feel like some of this, these formative time period, whatever you want to call it, do you think it informed his writing for The Alchemist at all? Absolutely. Yes, I think uh, that's why I'm glad I read that, because I think this book in particular being related to his life, I do think it it probably has had a factor on all of these stories they've come up with. Because I think it was kind of gets into that a little bit when he was, you know, trying to find the Derbyshires. I think it mentioned at the end he did end up staying Mm -hmm. and like studying for them for a year or two or something. A year or two. Oh, wow. Forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any locations that they stopped at that felt particularly dangerous? Yes. Well... For sure, when they were in Peru, I think that was when mm-hmm. they got the police at, grab, grabbed them. That yeah, at the as beginning, far as the magic bus part, yeah. Now there was that one town I remember with the police mm-hmm. where they kind of ran them out, but it wasn't really. They just sort of all got on the bus and left. It wasn't mm-hmm. like yeah. they had guns and were shooting at them or anything like that. Yeah, but good, not, good job on the manager's part, making sure that they're going right, <laughs> that they were in the right spot. But nothing where it was like. Like I would think of today, if I was going to go take this trip, I'd be like, there's serial killers that are going to, you know, take me away and, and human traffickers. And so I never got a sense of any of that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure stuff like that happened then, but it just wasn't 
as prevalent as I feel like it is now. Maybe we just hear about Especially it more now. Especially not, I'm, I'm guessing, if you're traveling with like a group of like 20 or so people. Right. Yeah. And they were all sort of going in the same direction for the same yeah. reason. So they were their own little entity. So. Now, there was that part before he got there, too, where he was he was traveling with a guy that was smuggling something. Yeah. That? When so they were coming, when he, he was, was nervous first coming about to being Europe. around this guy. Mm-hmm. And then also while he was in Amsterdam, he went to a house of the rising sun, which I didn't know what that was. <laughs> So evidently it's a super drug den, come to find out. And he had he had a guy that was running that that tried to get him to then smuggle stuff over to Amsterdam. The, where they were going. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. A very shady character. Dangerous. It feels like the free spirit, I don't want to be tied down kind of lifestyle is like the magic bus used by a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) That was the thing that was most surprising to me because he sort of, I had in my head an image of what I thought hippies were. And after reading this book, I was like, everybody had their own thing. Yeah, there was some commonality, but they were just so accepting of each other that it was like, okay, that's your thing. And this is my thing. And we're on this bus together. But everybody came at it for a different reason. Yeah, and, it, and found something within it for a different reason. You, you find that the, the counterculture thing, it's much more broad. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it takes up a lot of people. They're all similar as far as... They're counterculture. They're not, <laughs> yeah, they're not conforming, conforming, so there's that. But they're, they're all in there for different reasons, for sure. All right. That's all the questions I can think of. Yeah. Thank you both for joining us. It's always fun to interview more than one person that's read the same book because then you almost get like that small uh, book club feel to it. Yes, but... especially people with such different like reading. Oh yeah, very perspectives. different reading. perspectives. Yes, <laughs> and stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.